anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed mass development of inferior works, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed moon coffin, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed angel, Manafadaka. Hello, everyone. Hello, angel. Aww. Yeah, look at me. A good kind of angel. I'm kind of a little, yeah, I'm just a little angel. Yeah. I'm sort of, uh, actually, I'm, you know, I went to the doctor recently, and you know what they told me? What's that? I'm 50% angel, 50% devil. Oh, boy. But 100% cute? What I the went heck? to a doctor, and they, they said, hey, can you tell Matt Apodaca that he's 50% angel, 50% devil, 100% cute? And I was like, w- w- is this the only thing the doctors say now? It's what they're saying. <laughs> five out of five doctors agree. <laughs> Just trying to picture yep. a world where Gendo is like, the 11th angel has arrived, and it's just Matt just walking, yeah. <laughs> walking around. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's Tokyo so three. cute. <laughs> Guys. It's a rainy day. It's a, it's a rainy, uh, rainy day here in um, Los Angeles. Yes. Blade Runner-esque. Uh, it's giving me big Blade Runner vibes out there. You know, when I saw Blade Runner as a kid, I was uh-huh. like, fuck, Los Angeles is so cool. I can't wait to move there. And then there's no fucking rain all year long. Yeah. And then there's lately been so much rain that there's flooding. Yes. And I feel like that means that Blade Runner took place in a January. Even yeah. though it says November 2019, I feel like it's it's got to be a January. They could have, you know, it's the future it, at at that point, it's the future. It's it's in our past now. But right. there's a there's a wor- there's a world there's an you know there's a there's a universe where they just changed the order of the months, and then November became January. That's possible. I you know I always just sort of read it as this is the future. Some sort of climate change has taken place. You know the truest the- science fiction of all. Exactly. Yes. Some sort of ecological disaster has befallen uh, the, the Southern California and perhaps yeah. you know the entire globe. That's that's the way I interpreted it. But yeah. you know maybe it also is set in January and they've renamed the months. I don't mean to be this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be this guy, but guys, we really needed this rain. <laughs> Love that guy. Ah, oh, we really needed it. Usually. I don't know if uh, listeners know what California is usually like. Yeah. Uh, it's usually on fire. Pretty arid. Yeah. I have so much anxiety about how much we have to talk about that the longer this conversation about weather goes on, the more you I You see this weather outside? It's fucking raining <laughs> cats and dogs out there. Actually, I heard a new one. My, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get off of this. I just want to share this because I think you guys might. You, you legitimately <laughs> might think it's this. funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll think it's funny. Go on. My uh, girlfriend's father is English, and he sent me a, a link uh, to like a website last night that was 15 English phrases for uh, raining, and I had never heard this one before. Yeah, nice weather we're having. For ducks. What's good about that is that it's simple. Yeah. And you start to think about it, and you're like, is there another layer? And then you're like, no. No. You understand it immediately. Yeah. It is good weather for ducks. What Rain have we been isn't... weaving? <laughs> Ash. Uh, Ash, hi, Ash. Yeah, just just trying to help, guys. Just, <laughs> yeah, just doing you. my best. 
you know, I don't have another gig anymore since uh, since my run at Pokemon ended. And and it seems like it, you're floundering. You're talking about ducks in the rain. Actually, uh, Ash, you might find this interesting. I have a website up here. Um, 15 phrases for rain in the Kanto region. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's I, I'm interested. Nice weather we're having. For Psyducks? Ash, you're not laughing. Is everything okay? Uh, hey, Ash, yeah, you're not laughing. My life. Your life? Your life. Period. Just that was, that's an entire thought? Your life? Should I have said gold ducks? No, Psyduck was the right move. Uh, Ash, I can I can start. <laughs> so, as I mentioned on this week's episode of Get Played, I finished Persona Five Royal. Uh, it's been kind of a a, a you know a, 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 it's occupied all of You're my thoughts. You're mentioning on next it. week's played because this is coming out tomorrow. No. This this web this is coming out tomorrow. This is coming out tomorrow as of press time. I thought here I was, here I was like I was like I'm gonna fucking nail this. I'm in the right temporal space. I know when this is being released. Although we haven't recorded next week's episode, I know this is coming out like this week. This one's so, coming uh, out tomorrow. But no, I was wrong. What a fucking dipshit I am. Yeah. You pulled, anyway, yeah, it's okay I've been playing. What day is it? <laughs> I've been playing Persona 5 Royal, I mentioned on this, uh, you know, this past uh, week's episode, and on the upcoming episode, I reveal, spoiler alert, that I finished Persona 5 Royal. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been, you know, it's, it's, it's been occupying my every thought, I think about it a lot, and so I've been watching Persona 5, the animation, Ooh. which is a really, uh, like, like, to the point of, it's got the same composer, it's got the same voice cast, it, the, the episodes are are narratively basically retelling the 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 story of the game in chronological order. It's basically like watching like a really well animated like let's play of Persona Five. Wow! Uh, like the game, and it's just it's just a very interesting piece of media to absorb after I spent you know literally a hundred forty three hours and fifty seven minutes playing this game to just sort of be reliving it in animated form. Anyway, it's really well crafted. I love the character design, so it's really, really, you know, appealing to me just to see them in this context. Uh, and it's also just things like you, like you two have both played the game extensively as well. Mm -hmm. When you like go from the, when you, you transition from the real world to the metaverse. Uh, you know, there's the there's that effect. Not not Zuckerberg's metaverse. No. Uh, the Persona Five metaverse. The good one. The good, the good metaverse. One. Yeah, the good. Well, it's the bad one, but it's still better than Zuck than yeah. Zuck's metaverse. Yeah. But there's like that that you know that ripple effect with mm -hmm. like you know um uh black shapes with red strokes that kind of like absorb the entire screen as you yeah. transition from one to the other. That's just in the anime. And then also there's like when he's looking at messages they look like what's in the 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 game. Uh yeah. there's a point where the map comes up and it's just the map from the game. And all those elements are just like I don't know, it's it's yeah. just such an interesting approach to have such a one-to-one -one adaptation. Nick, can uh, I but ask anyway, you I'm really enjoying it. Yes. You're sure you were watching the anime and not just playing the game? Well, yeah, so the the anime occasionally, like, stops, and you have to, like, pick up your controller and, like, go through a battle sequence, which oh, is an no, interesting... Oh, no, Nick. 
You also kind of have to dictate where your character, where the character yeah. in the anime goes by using the analog stick. Oh no, Nick, he's he's just playing the game. You're gonna probably tell me next that the the fifth palace boss took like five episodes. I was just gonna get there. I I really like you know had to keep rewatching the fifth palace boss until <laughs> I finally got through it. That's We're me, Persona Five: The Animation. I'm gonna keep watching it. Hell yeah. What I've been weeping is that I'm about to start Japanese lessons again. Wow, that's cool. Um, I'm going to, as always, every time I I undertake this, I start from the beginning all over again. Uh, I'm still I'm still able to read it if it's katakana and hiragana, but my kanji has fallen off, so I'm starting grade school level all over again with the hopes that by April or May... I am back to the place where I can have phone conversations and uh, talk to, say, an airline in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is my, that's it. That's the extent of what I've been weaving is yeah. I'm, I'm back in Japanese language courses like I was in college when I took it five times a week. For more homework than a human being has ever had. Wow. <laughs> Can I ask what is uh, like what uh, course are you taking? Is this self-driven? Are you using an app? Are you using a textbook? Do you have an I'm instructor you're working a with? Tutor, a private a tutor. tutor, a tutor oh. who's going to come, and she's also going to teach Mary. That was uh, great. And uh, I'm, so yeah, cool. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna talk to this private tutor, and she has classes and and workbooks, and it's like a fucking class. One on one, where, and I'm 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 aiming for the same tutor I had last time, so she I can see the disappointment in her face. Oh, because good. by by the time I because I the last time I did this uh, a few years ago, I took like three or four or maybe six months, and uh, she was a bit of a drinker, and I was still a bit of a drinker. Uh huh. So Hell I'd yeah. be like, hey. If uh, if you want to come to a bar with me and we only speak Japanese the entire time, I'll cover all your drinks. And she was like, game on. So we went that to my favorite rocks. bar and just talked in Japanese the whole time. And then she eventually left. And the bartender who I, I knew, because this was my favorite bar, was like, what the fuck just, what was happening right then? <laughs> like, because <laughs> like... <laughs> I had this was a bar that I would go to daily and to suddenly come in and be basically a different person mm-hmm. uh, was um, he's it was I don't know. It was a lot of fun. But that's that's the kind of coursework I like is also, you know, you have a couple of whiskeys and you're a little less inhibited yeah. about your choices with language and you you aim at different like you, you swing for the fences once in a while. Right. Use, yeah. some, use some language you picked up from anime. Uh, yeah. Like. um I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but maybe I haven't. Uh, like, knowing the words for, like, fate and destiny is, like, easy when you watch a lot of anime. But it's not something covered in, like, your first couple of months of Japanese language courses. Yeah. So to say in Japanese, this whiskey is my fate. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a big laugh out of your. <laughs> yeah. Out of your teacher. And also, you know, it's. it's it's easy. Well, anyway, that's what that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm weeping. How about you, Matt? Can, can I ask real quick before we what get to Matt? What? I, no, what? I'm just curious. No, it's fine. What? No, I want to know. No, I just I, I'm fine. curious. 
How did you find your tutor? Shouting. You just went just outside like, and started uh, shouting? <laughs> Hell! No, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, I don't, like a program here in Los Angeles. Okay. That, uh, that is like, if you Yelp, like language lessons, mm-hmm. there's like a, like a program, like a school that hires out these teachers and you can either do like a, a one person class, five person class, or you can go to class. That's cool. And I was like, well, I'm going to do the one person class because I don't, I only want one person laughing at me, not all, not a whole fucking room. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I cannot stress how bad I am at it. I like the amount of classes I've taken yeah. versus my capability with the language yes. is, is as if I've imagined somebody who every time they get in a car, they crash it. You'd be like, at some point you're going to learn to drive, but never, it never happens. I get in the car, I crash the car, I go back to class, learn how to drive, get in the car, crash the car for more than a decade now. So... It's also you're good at, have, you're good at it, English though. I feel like you'd be good at all languages. It's it's also the only class I've ever had to cheat in. In college, oh well, you're never going to learn if you cheat. Have that. I che- I cheated in college. Oh boy, That's, on, yeah. I was starting to fail. Well, yeah. Then you have to. <laughs> and I was like, I need to graduate. I can't yeah. get an F in this class. I need to. <laughs> I need to graduate college. It's expensive. Wow. Yeah. And so I made myself a cheat sheet. <laughs> I have really good eyesight. So I made myself a cheat sheet that was like smaller than the palm of my hand. That's such a classic move. That's so good. Had all of the kanji on it for that, for the final. And I just dropped it on the floor where for anybody else, it would have been unreadable. But for Hawkeye Heather, I was like, I can see. Wow. Hawkeye Heather. Yeah. See everything. I love learning about a new one of your superpowers every yeah. like five episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I have amazing eyesight. Oh, sure. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> I could read something at the tip of a pin a mile away. Huh? <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Not surprised. That's uh, well, that's awesome, Heather. While while Apodaca is talking, I'm gonna see if I can grab my Japanese notebook from behind me. But I wow. don't want to. I don't want to derail the the show. So keep. So what are you weaving, Matt? Okay. So as we spoke last week. I, uh, when we finished Chainsaw Man, the season one of Chainsaw Man, I was like, I got to catch up with the, the manga and see what's going on there. And then I quickly discovered I left off at the same place as the anime, just like coincidentally. Yeah. What a mitzvah. It was so great. I was so excited. So I was like, okay, great. I'm going to start reading. I'm going to, now I'm going to know what's going on. And so... Now I've uh, that was like somewhere in the middle of uh, like the fifth volume, uh, mm-hmm. so I've now re- at this point have read um, five, six, and seven, and I'm um, awaiting uh, eight through eleven uh, to come because twelve's not out yet. But you can read the newest uh, issues of it on uh, the Show and Jump app. Uh, but yeah, I was reading that the twelfth volume of the manga doesn't come out stateside until uh june because it's always like six months right. after it releases in uh in japan 
Um, but so far, I'm really liking the direction of this new arc. It's really interesting. Uh, and I it's, can't wait to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll you'll see as it progresses, uh, without getting any into spoilers, it, it really is like a completed second half of the arc that was depicted in the anime. Mm-hmm. Like just, just the, just, you know, it's, I, I, I think it's really well done. I think it absolutely just fucking sticks the landing by the time you're out of there. Uh, but that's, that's basically it for me. I've just been, uh, missing my chainsaw man on TV, but, uh, found him again between the pages of a good book. <laughs> love that Denji. Yeah. Love I love that power. I it's, couldn't, it's, I couldn't find, find I couldn't find my <laughs> Japanese notebook, guys. Um, and this is a problem I, with your studies. Yeah. You need to find that book. Well, I was what I was going to show you is a handwritten journal-sized notebook full of essays that I've written in Japanese that I cannot read. Wow, that's kind of like memento, kind of uh, yeah. in, in in a way. The brain is amazing. Isn't Human it? brain is really something. Uh, I'll just just real quick because I also took some Japanese in in college. I didn't progress as far as you did, Heather. But the Japanese classes that I took were overwhelmingly native Japanese speakers who were just fulfilling the language requirement, like people who grew up speaking Japanese in the home. Um, and uh, and the you know the TA in one of my classes was a was from Japan. And uh, I, you know, I was trying my best, but I, w- I did, and I did really want to learn. But you know, it's a fucking difficult language, especially uh, for someone who's a monoglot like myself. Uh, and uh, I remember one of the assignments I got back. The only thing I had from the TA was just a question mark at the top. <laughs> 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 just like what you handed me was indecipherable. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he was a sweetie. He was a good guy. Wow. I I always do like, I mean I I don't like it, but I feel like yeah. in college especially, like TAs and professors, just sort of like had free license to be like these are adults I can be an asshole, sure like, yeah, uh, or like like what the fuck is this basically writing this on your <laughs> your, your like essay, and then you start taking improv classes and that all goes away. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, nobody is ever like, uh, do you even know what a third beat is? Uh, anything like that. You didn't commit to being a dog in that scene. Uh-huh, right, yeah. Everyone's wait, always nice and professional. Is that... Wait, 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 wait. I... So, I haven't taken improv classes in... Since I was four, 15, 14? Yes. Yeah. Is that true? No, what I've never been said? screamed at by another adult for not committing to uh, <laughs> being a dog. <laughs> No, that's not true. I made that up. That's never happened to me before. I, I've I never guess, been guess... yelled at by somebody three years older than me <laughs> in like my of my friend's living room. No. <laughs> I guess. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I did take Groundlings classes, and I've been vocal about how much they suck. Yeah. So I do remember somebody giving me a note that I was like defiantly angry about back at them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because like. I mean, this is a whole other podcast. I won't say what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, we should just do a one-off. Let's. Oh yeah, let's just go do off on improv. Yeah, we should just do a one-off <laughs> where we like all go off on improv. People like, won't on, be mad. On... People, no, people, people will love like it. that. Yeah, yeah, people would love it. For. They'd be like, yeah. "Oh wow, what, what do these three bozos have to say?" They're going to all be Kermit the Frog, 
sipping that sweet, sweet Lipton. <laughs> but that's none of my business. Weiger loves improv so much, he quit it across the board. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Yeah, retired permanently. <laughs> if you love it, set it free. It's true. You know what? Don't miss it. No. Sp- speaking of. I do wish people remembered that I did do it and would ask me to do it. Uh, that's it. <laughs> people forgot. Seems like they forgot about me. That's okay. Speaking of revisiting things. Yes. Years later. Ooh, smooth. That's, that was. Well done. Like velvet. That was perfect. From, that was like a Coke Zero. <laughs> from uh, 2006 or 2007, depending on what <laughs> what fucking bibliography I'm reading, Hideaki Anno releases a statement about the new Evangelion movies. A translation. <clears throat> Many different desires are motivating us to create the new Evangelion film. The desire to portray my sincere feelings on film the desire to share with an audience the embodiment of image, the diversity of expressions, and the detailed portrayal of emotions that animation offers. The desire to connect today's exhausted Japanese animation industry to the future. The desire to fight the continuing trend of stagnation in anime. The desire to support the strength of heart that exists in the world. Finally, the desire to have these wishes will be realized. For these purposes... We used the best methods available, available to us to make another Evangelion film. Many times we wondered, it's a title that's more than 10 years old. Why now? Eva is too old, we felt. However, over the last 12 years, there has been no anime newer than Evangelion. God, I love the audacity what? of that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, specifically... Among the stagnant mood of the present day, it is the portrayal of will, not technology, that is most important. To support the fans that support animation, we felt that a work that would appeal to middle and high school aged men who quickly grow away from anime was necessary. When we decided that we wanted to support something to support the anime industry of today, the determination to return to this title was strong. As the creator of this project, I assure you, that a very new-feeling Evangelion world has been constructed. For this purpose, we are not returning to Gainax. I've set up a production company and studio, and it is this new setting that we will start again. Without looking back, without admiration for the circumstances, we aim to walk toward the future. We have gathered the staff from the old series, new staff, and many other fantastic staff to work on this series. We realize that we are creating something that will be better than the original Evangelion. Evangelion is a story that repeats. It is a story where the main character witnesses many horrors with his own eyes, but tries to stand up again. It is a story of will, a story of moving forward, if only just a little. It is a story of fear, where someone who must face indefinite solitude fears reaching out to others, but still wants to try. We hope that you look forward to the four new retellings of this story. In closing... It is our job to provide a service to our customers. Although it seems obvious, we aim to create a form of entertainment that anyone can look forward to, one that people who have never seen Evangelion can easily adjust to, one that can engage audiences as a movie for theaters, and one that produces a new understanding of the world. This fall, we hope you can join us. General Director Hideakiano. I'm reading a follow-up statement that says, Hey, man, you could have just made the movie. It's fine. <laughs> you don't got to tell us all that. 
That's a that's a follow up statement. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Somebody I, else said that. Okay, got it. I so, what an interesting man. I love it. I I want to I want to read a little bit more. I've got I've got a a, a a lot of stuff prepped because it so 2006 is not that long after Evangelion comes out. And that's the mindset we have to put ourselves in. It takes until 2021 for this project to be finished. This new yeah. retelling of Evangelion. Three presidents. So a- end of Evangelion, just just for people who <clears throat> uh it, it they said ten years in the statement, but end of Evangelion, the film comes out in nineteen ninety seven. The series aired from ninety five to ninety six. So so this is not this is not when when Evangelion one point one comes out, this is not an old show. And I think, yeah, it's audacious to say that nothing's moved forward from Evangelion in those ten years. Like there's a lot of, of anime anime that is so directly influenced by Evangelion that almost feels like retellings. You know, it, it borrows so heavily all of the sort of uh, psychoanalytical meta commentary on anime is then sort of like permeates throughout the industry and you see it in shows like Razafan. You see it in like like there's there's tons of anime that is just what if we did Evangelion? Mm-hmm. And sure. Evangelion doesn't start as what if we did, you know, <laughs> what if we did Sailor Moon, but different. So I can understand a producer's frustration of wanting the industry to move forward and being like, OK, we're going to do something using this IP to push everything forward. That being said, I- I'm going to I'm going to launch right in and say. These rebuild movies are a fucking failure. They are yeah. a catastrophe. And the goals stated at the beginning of the production are just, they collapse on themselves by the end. I'm going to read another, uh, another uh, interview here with Utsuki, um, <clears throat> uh, who is the uh, executive producer of the Evangelion rebuild movies, and I believe that some of the series. 12 years is enough time for you to be able to look back on earlier works objectively, he explains. Shortly before we started this project, Anno had a big Eva marathon where he watched the whole series in one go. The first thing he said when he finished watching was, this show's pretty interesting, isn't it? I never realized how interesting it was. That comment really shook me. Nick just signed off. <laughs> no, I just closed my camera for a second. Oh, fuck. I'm adjusting something. But the, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's Wait. his perspective on watching his own thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> I was just thrown because Nick just signed off. He's like, oh yeah, you think it's so interesting, huh? I'm fucking out of yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Everyone was completely burned out during the second half of the original TV run in the movies, but now they're fresh and enthusiastic again. They've gotten older, but they're still full of energy. It's almost like watching kids prepare for a holiday celebration. The staff will include a bunch of younger 20-somethings who decided to join the anime industry after watching Evangelion and being inspired. It's true. It was a huge hit, but its success spawned a great deal of confusion and misunderstanding in the industry, and the end result was a bunch of mass-produced junk. That mindset has persisted for 10 years, and now we're in a position to prove it wrong. We're determined to close the door on the post-Evangelion era for good. 
The new story takes place in the same period as the 1995 TV series. It isn't a remake or a quick fix. It's a totally new production. And then they also add, we're not going to confuse this again. This is 2006. Yeah. And Matt's, Matt's seen all four. I don't know if Nick has, but I want you I've to hear this. I've seen one and two at this I point. I want you I've to hear this, Matt. Yeah. We're not going to confuse people with a metafictional ending along the lines of the TV version or do an absurd end-of-the-world type ending along the lines of the movie version. Oriented towards entertainment, the ending will be close to the idea from the beginning of planning. Where I wanted to do this all along, and the director has finally come around to it. So they have a plan. Yes. In 2006. Right. I also, there's one more quote I want to. Go for it, please. You have the floor. This is from uh, an Asahi.com article from 2006. It is the fault of Evangelion that anime has become useless. Jesus. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. Yeah. I I sort of love the, like, there are, like, creators that are sort of like that. Like, James Cameron has been talking a lot recently about, like, because, you know, just leading up to the release of Avatar The Way of Water, just being mm-hmm. like, yeah, my dreams are better than any movie I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, dude, yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's <laughs> great. I, I sort of, but you, like, sort of believe certain people like that. And then I remember, like, when The Hateful Eight was coming out, Quentin Tarantino did this interview, and they are like, what, like, inspired the movie? He's like, oh, like, a couple different films. Uh, the Thing, uh, some other movie that I can't remember, uh, and Reservoir Dogs. And I was like, your own fucking movie? <laughs> that's I have, crazy. I have, I, have a, I have another quote from this, e- from this EP that's yeah. fucking great. <clears throat> Ever since Eva, I can't, reading these quotes makes me like light up. They are so ridiculous and I love intense. It. I love it. Ever since Evangelion appeared on, tel- again, this executive producer, Otsuki of, Uh, the Eva movies. Ever since Evangelion appeared on television, a barrier has existed where the entire anime industry operates under the curse of Evangelion. To put it in concrete terms, ever since Eva was a hit, within the anime industry, things have come to be judged based not on the quality of the work, but on the amount of sales. As a result, the industry has deserted the middle and high school students who are supposed to be the primary audience, and there's been an overflow of moe anime directed towards obsessive fans in their 30s who spend money centered around late-night broadcasts. That's the current situation. This year, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, the definitive version of Moe, has come out, and DVD sales have already peaked. From here, they can only go down. At this rate, Mm. anime has no future. If I were to say why, it's that today's middle and high school students feel that anime is stupid and don't want to see it. Originally, anime was made for children to watch, Imperceptibly, the anime industry has become a business of greed due to marketability of moe. The fact that people who watch these anime works oriented towards obsessive fans range in age from 20 to 40, I think, is something of a deviation. Ever since Evangelion, the access of the world has spun out of control away from what the form should naturally be. And the fault is on our side, the side of the makers. This is the part of what our this is part of what is are called the faults in the faults and virtue of Eva. The virtues are lacking, or if they exist, they can only depend upon the evaluation of the works as works themselves. So that's another thing to put in perspective of of Evangelion coming out. The mid-2000s, there is this this 
fountain of productions based on like these cute girls and this this uh, idea of moe, which is like these like soft, doughy faced, beautiful high school girls. Like Kon is a is a show about a high school band. And uh, it, like it's, there's this like cutesy, lovable, minorly sexualized like anime fad that rips mm. through this decade. Mm-hmm. And and middle-aged men were interested in this? I can't yeah, understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Makes no sense to me. And not teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, weird. And now but also what's strange to me is that the mid 2000s are also when you've got Naruto coming up, you've got One Piece starting to dominate, you've got uh, shows like um, Bleach are coming up in the mid-2000s. So it's not just Moe. And I would say, I think Naruto is one of the most influential anime of the last 20 years, the way that Evangelion mm. was in the first or in the 90s. Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing Naruto references in, uh, you know, streetwear culture. Uh, sure. Like... You can play as Naruto in Fortnite. Like, an entire generation of people grew up with Naruto as opposed mm-hmm. to Evangelion. Um, but to say that all anime is just this one thing and it's our fault, and so we're going to fix it by redoing the thing that we made? Whew. It, it, to me, and, you know, I don't have the the wealth of knowledge about anime that you do, obviously, but, like, it speaks... It, 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 to me, like... As a more casual fan, it just speaks to the idea that that for every enthusiast culture, it's the same fucking arguments. It's the same like things used to be good and now they're bad. Like it, like it would we it was better back when I either when I was relevant or when I was like at my peak consumption years, you know. And now it's like thing everything has gotten watered down and is is just like trying to cater to this mainstream. Audience. It's the same fucking beefs. It, it, in video games or mainstream film or fucking young adult literature. It's all the same shit everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's also like people who grow up with a thing, whatever that thing is. So the, I've said this before on this fucking show that at the moment it becomes your identity, you have to defend any change to it because any change to the thing is an assault on you as your identity. Like the moment you identify as I'm an Evangelion fan, then you start attacking things who criticize Evangelion because it feels like an attack on you. And I realize I just say, I'm saying this in the context of having said that the rebuilds are a failure, but I, I, I I do (laughs) think, I don't think that, I don't think that's a contradiction, but finish your thought. Um, so I think that the the part of the problem is that there's there's a problem of maybe the last thousand years or five hundred years or three hundred years where identity becomes important and it and it should like there is no identity isn't important like and and because there is this supremacy of identity. In individuals, there also has to be definitions that then barricade identity. And those definitions are 
things you like, the kinds of people you like, the, the whatever it is that you define as self, God, politics, etc. And so for for people who like fucking Marvel movies, mm -hmm. like that becomes identity because you're told that identity is important. Mm -hmm. And then the moment that like fuck like Mar Miss Marvel, what the fuck was that movie? The one that everybody got real angry about? Uh, well, you're going to have to be Captain more specific, Marvel. I guess. <laughs> okay. Captain Marvel, sure. <laughs> the, or Rey in Star Wars. Or, like, like the, it feels like an assault on you as a person as opposed to a change in a thing that you happen to be watching. Um, yeah, I, I, I was going to bring up Star Wars to that point, which was... You know, like, and I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching those movies and uh, on VHS and in theaters when they were re-released, re the original trilogy was so hyped for the prequel trilogy. Um, was disappointed by the prequel trilogy at first to the point of like, obviously, I, honestly, being part of the the backlash, the prequel trilogy, and then coming around to it and being like, wait, there are actually some cool ideas in here, even though this this isn't as good, and the sequels. I I pretty much you know I'm I'm neutral to okay with the with Force Awakens. Uh, I really like Last Jedi. We all like Last Jedi here, which I know is going to cause some people to unsubscribe to the Patreon yeah. immediately. But it's it's true. And Rise of Skywalker, obviously debacle. But Oof. what what I, I, I'm that this long preamble I'm just saying is like a. It, I, I've lived through all the, the through the evolution of that fandom and seen many people, many of my friends, many people who like share that identity of like we love Star Wars and this is our fucking thing and you know uh, we we know the lore and we've uh, we know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is you know we played the video games we had the toys we read the fucking Dark Horse comics we read the Timothy Zahn novels like it, like that. Nerd. That cult. I've seen that culture. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that culture like tur like turn on itself over and over again. Yes. Like at first it was like fuck the prequels. The prequels are trash, and then it became the prequels are part of Lucas's vision. We love Lucas. The sequels are trash. And if you go back even further, people who are older than me, um, and I talked to some of those Star Wars fans, they're like the only good Star Wars movies are Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi with the fucking Ewoks, they ruined it. Yes. Like that shit's stupid. You know, like and and it's so interesting just to see that this this uh you know, this tribalism, this this intra fandom a warfare that that exists just because people have become so attached to something and become so precious with how it is in its in its current state and as they know it and once any changes happen um anyway that that what that I'm all saying is like back to what you were saying Heather about like you're you're not I don't think it's a contradiction for you to say you don't you identify as an Evangelion fan and you don't like the rebuilds because I think that's just a part of fan culture there's a point where it loses you and you're like the the old part was mine uh once Metallica came out with a black album everything after that was fucking mainstream Stream trash. Everything beforehand was was, was by Metallica. Well, I, here's here's the the difference. I'll say is for me is that mm -hmm. I don't. I I think I would have and and the truth is the first two Eva movies, the first two rebuilds, I was like, okay, here we fucking go. I'm so fucking excited. I'm, yeah. Like the end of the second movie, I'm like fuck all right i don't know where we're going next here we are and i was on board but the third movie is so bizarre and such a response i feel to uh the fukushima tragedy 
interesting. And less about the narrative that it, like I, I I I'll by the time we get to this ep- the the episode where we talk about the third movie, I'll see if I can find the source for this. But I believe there was an entire script for the third movie written before the Fukushima uh, catastrophe, mm-hmm. and then it was scrapped, and an entirely different movie was produced. And that reactionary, again, I'll I'll have to make sure, I'll have to double check that, but that reactionary experience to real world events is, you know, uh, like that's the full prerogative of the author, go for it. But as as what it does to the series of films, it derails the the series from, I think, the goals that were attempted to be accomplished. And that's also Hmm. why there is such an enormous time real world time gap in between three and four like fascinating 10 years right so i, I don't i don't have the schedule in front of me but i don't I either. trust you i think so yeah. um so let's talk about this first movie which is yes. just the first 132 minutes of the evangelion series condensed into 100 minutes often shot by shot mm-hmm. like it looks like cell art from the series has been redrawn, but the f- shot choices are the same. There are new details in the se- in the movie that are I th- meant to imply that it is a continuation of the series. It is like a sequel, but for some reason, most of the characters aren't aware that it is a sequel. So the the ocean is red as if the end of Evangelion has already happened. Uh, there are uh, ships and, like, in the, in, the, in the wreckage of Tokyo 3, there are ships that are, like, Last of Us-style overgrown with foliage. There's, uh, there's a lot of hints here that are, uh, that are supposed to say, we know that the end of Eva has been made or has happened, and this is a continuing retelling of a sh- of a show that we acknowledge the existence of but other than that it's just those first few episodes yeah with a couple reveals that 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 like misato is like hey shinji you, I, I don't even know if we we need to go through this scene by scene but like there's a scene where Misato's like, hey, Shinji, you got to come see this fucking giant we've got crucified underneath. That's, that's, why yes. you're, that's why you're fighting the angels. Like, the motivation for the protagonist is placed up front. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's basically the same show with a few minor, seemingly large, but ultimately unexecuted upon changes. What I'll say is someone who just watched this cold and not really knowing what it was after having loved Evangelion uh, through through the end of Evangelion, loved the series, loved that movie. Uh, I, as I said in a previous episode that like my, my initial reaction was why. Uh, but my my other thought beyond that was just like, 
First off, a lot of this looks pretty great because, yes, it is yeah. like kind of shot by shot, but it is in 16 by 9. And so it's kind of like, you know, they were it's it's not just they're cropping the top and bottom of the frame like, you know, HD Simpsons. It's like, oh, they've they've rethought the shot composition for this aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is there's a lot more CG elements, yeah. some of which sit in really well, mm-hmm. like when they, 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 there's like a, you know, um uh, uh there's out there's part there's parts where they're basically like taking the um uh, you know uh, taking like cylindrical objects the cylindrical mechanical objects and like rotating them and like that sits in well that looks nice but then some of the stuff that's more like oh this is like a cg like hud element or this is like a cg virtual reality or this is a cg uh, you know, like effect that's being applied to an angel that feels like jarring to me. And that feels like, oh, this doesn't really sit in with the aesthetic of the show. So that for me, like, like overall, I was like, oh, this looks a little bit sharper. This looks a little bit cleaner. But there were times when I was just like, I feel like this just looks strictly worse than the series itself. And that was part of my that was part of my, my reaction to this. The other thing is I, I felt like there were elements where because they were condensing it, because they had a shorter runtime, they didn't have like the spaces for the show to for a show for the for the narrative to kind of breathe like those kind of pauses that I think Evangelion the series is so good at. It's just like like oh we're just gonna kind of linger in like the boredom or monotony or just like the domestic life a little bit. It feels like there's a little bit less than that. And also there were times when they kind of just made subtext text, and it feels like lines where there were you could kind of. I don't have a specific example, but one one like lines of dialogue where you could kind of infer the reality from what was spoken in uh, in the series. Here, they just told you what was was happening. Like yes. they just told you what their thought was. Yeah, that was my big observation um, with watching the, when I watched this the first time, and then also we'll get to it in the second one as well. But um, yeah, they they there's more hand holding in these movies. Than there is in the and in the series, um, but and I don't want to. I mean, I don't know. Did did you say how you actually feel about this uh, movie, Nick? Yet or have not yet? Huh. I feel like I need yeah. to watch all of them to have an assessment. Yeah, okay. I honestly feel like just just watching the first one, it's such like okay, this is kind of a retelling with some changes. It, it it's just. Talking about the first one as a, as a self-contained movie, again, my reaction just goes back to, like, I'm still unclear as to why they do th- they did this. Yes. And I think maybe once I see all of the films, I'll have a better sense of yeah. it. Yeah. I think, because there's, like there's definitely, in the next couple of episodes, Heather and I share a take, but I think we are on different sides of of the take, I think. I think. I, I mean... One of my takes is that uh, a, f- a formerly f- feminist reading of Evangelion is impossible in these movies because the yes. female characters go from being uh, autonomous individuals with uh, mo- like dense, layered motivations to just fucking window dressing for the protagonist. Like, yeah. Asuka who is one of the most intensely interesting for me characters in television is just like nothing. She's nothing. She has a lot less depth. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, there's a lot also, more. Also nothing in this movie because she's not in it. Yeah. 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 She's not in it. And there's. 
I think because a couple weeks ago I said that every time I was watching one of these movies, my girlfriend was like, what are you watching? Because every time she looked up, it was fan service. I felt like there was more fan service in these movies than there was in the entire show. That's that's a fascinating thing to me because I would think like, okay, it's 10 years later, a, a different country, different culture, but it's just like, like you know, hey, it, maybe things have gotten a little bit more progressive and equitable and maybe we're going to tamp down the fan service uh, you know, a little bit, but no, they they amped it up. Yeah, they were kind of like, hey, these are theatrical releases. These are going to be, you know, whatever rated sixteen and up, whatever the Japanese rating system is. We can kind of go ham here because there is some really kind of just, you know, they're they're just it's just even more uh, over the top than it was in the series. Yeah, and like the main difference, which is dumb because it's like it's it's stupid that this is like a thing. Mm-hmm. That like will bump something up from like PG thirteen to R in the states. There are nipples in it. You can see female sure. nipples on some of the uh, drawings, and I didn't have to zoom in. You see them; <laughs> they're just there. And it's like they didn't have to do that. <laughs> like they, it wasn't there before. <laughs> if we're doing shot for shot, they're like, you know what this needed? A nipple. <laughs> I. Would have gotten the, less trouble for watching it the, in my house, I'll tell you what. <laughs> the fan service is so egregious in these movies that I kind of am like, is it emphasized in order to make the audience uncomfortable with its existence? Like That's interesting. Sure. Like that, that that's my that's my mental gymnastics to try and defend the the production staff is like in the in the first series it's hey it's the 90s and and you know it's fucking like Megan Fox and Transformers if that came out in the 90s i don't fucking know uh, that like, was like 2000 that was like around this time actually maybe like 2006 or something i think 2005 like, I, I and and so you've got Misato in her tank top and she's drinking a beer and, and it's yeah it's fu- oh my god what 2007, later than oh, I thought. Oh, I thought you said I was seven, and I was like, how is that possible? No, 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 no. I was a teenager <laughs> when I saw this, so of course, I'm like, oh, Megan Fox and Transformers, I better go see this thing. <laughs> I didn't know who that is. <laughs> but I, but I, I wonder, ugh, I mean, I'm trying to defend it. Like, I wonder if there's so much more fan service in these movies, because it's like, it should feel out of place in a story. And it, maybe it's emphasized yeah. so that you're like, ugh, as opposed to like titillated by it. I don't and it know. And does, it does later on feel worse. Yeah. Like against the backdrop of the story, which, you know, we'll talk about when we get there. Um, my take on this movie and all of them I'll have to watch the rest again. But I was sort of like, I think these are good. <laughs> I think I really like this. But it's also sort of like there's what? a difference. There's a difference there, I think, because you watched the show when it was like basically new, right? And then you waited for every single one of these movies to come out, and there was years, sometimes a decade in between the movies coming out. And I just sort of watched them all one by one, uh, back to back to back, like six months after I watched the original show. 
And so I'm watching this and I'm sort of like, hey, it's different, but it's more. And I like I liked the thing. I like even I like I guess I, I've consumed media in a different way in the intervening years, right? Because all, all media now is a connected IP, right? Like uh, Star Wars is all like one continuing story. All the Marvel movies are one sort of like continuing thing. And so I'm sort of looking at this as like a modern viewer being like, oh, more Evangelion. It's just part yeah, of I it. Kinda, I kind of get that. And I think yeah. this would, you would have a different approach. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure someone who just it, it, Heather is Heather is saying this perspective, yeah. like you know, like who was anticipating this and like, oh, what is this going to be? And then watches it and reacts to it in real time. It's going to be a a, a bit of a different feeling, but yeah. it also feels like a big part of it is just contextualizing it with the whole the series as a whole. Because this this you know, I, I don't know how much you can say about this film in and of itself. Yes, because this is almost nothing, kind of like it is sort of like just a like oh, remember Evangelion. Here's this. It looks a little nicer, and some of the things uh, you remember are a little different, like the angel designs and stuff, and just the animation in general. But also, if you don't remember this, here's basically what happens, right? Like, it's not like this is sort of like a to get a new viewer into it rather than having them sit down and watch a TV show. To to be clear, yeah. So I don't dislike the first two. Yes. Like this movie I think what I what I'm because I really don't want to be somebody no. who hates the Star Wars sequels but for Evangelion because I I do think that the first two are doing as much as they can within the format of a 2-hour film to make Evangelion stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and and the first one heightens in cool ways some of the action elements. Like if you look at it as an action movie, it's like this is a success. It whips, yeah. Like it, it fucking works. And if you've seen Evangelion, the the small stuff that changes, like the fucking final angel in the movie, when it starts fucking changing shape. Which is not, which is something that doesn't happen in the series. You're like, yes. oh shit, oh no, yeah. And it also screams, and you're like, whoa, oh no, yeah, it's you way know, worse. Like, <laughs> it's so much worse when the first angel, you know, it stomps on the car and it like takes a missile to the head, and then it begins to fly, and a halo appears over its head. You're like, oh shit! Yeah, this, this is something more intense is going to happen in in these films. Um, like, I don't mind laying in Lilith and being clear about it from the get go. I think that you know, if you separate this from Evangelion the TV show, Evangelion the TV show uses those plot and uh, uh, elements as puzzles that are supposed to confuse and disorient the viewers so that you are on the same journey as the characters. Whereas in this movie, it's like, hey, we've got to tell this fucking story. Misato's going to deliver the goods. This is Lilith. If an yes. angel touches Lilith, everything's going to end. So you have to stop this fucking thing from happening. Great. Okay, fine. I don't dislike the first movie. I like the new score, you know? Yeah, the score is great. Sounds fantastic. The, yeah. the score is fantastic. Um... I love, you know, when Shinji 
decides to run away and there's the the sort of echoes of the sequence where he has a panic attack in the series here he's like walks all the way to the edge of the map essentially like Uh he literally can't progress any further because the road isn't constructed before he is returned to Masato and to 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 the job like all of that stuff works for me um but this is also the one that is the least changed. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think if I, if I have a, a critique of this, I think it's just like it's it's not as good as the series, the episodes that are covered in the series, and that's largely because of pacing. Mm-hmm. It's largely because they just took the events and compressed them rather than like restructured things to try to, to you know, make it flow a little bit more like a film. It feels like, okay, we're stepping through the beats of essentially six episodes of television in the runtime of a feature film. And some of the moments that really have impact, like, you know, when his, uh, 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 when his classmates confront him and, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, Shinji has put the, the, the guy's sister in the hospital. I can't remember the character's name. Characters is very important. Toji. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And, and he, and he punches Shinji and, and the one like wants to get punched back. Like that whole arc to me feels a lot less impactful in the movie. It feels like kind of like, oh, okay, that's just kind of a thing that happens. Whereas it's like the dominant, you know, narrative of uh, Shinji's no- dominant arc in like one particular episode. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, I-, I miss little things. I don't think the scene is in there. The scene where we're largely seeing the, uh, the, the teacher just exposition dump in the classroom of like what happened to, you know, what happened over the course of the second impact and what he's parroting is the government's line of what happened, not the actual events like that sort of shit. I think it's just really cool world building. And I feel like it's kind of, it suffers for its absence. Yeah. But by and large, yes, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a story that works and it's you know, and, and it looks really cool and it sounds really cool. And you know, it, it's it's kind of weird why, that it exists, like which I've repeated uh, over and over yeah. again. But it, it 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 fundamentally works. They also mention, I feel like it's in the the first one. Um, I feel like they mention the human instrumentality project like really early on in the first movie, which is like I feel like something we didn't learn about, or I don't remember learning about until like maybe partway through, like toward the end of the series, and then the movie. Where it's it does feel explored. like they front, yeah, they front load some of that information. That speaks again to just sort of like, like you know, yeah. like you were saying about hand holding a little bit more. Like I also feel like you get introduced that the Evangelians, the Evas have organic matter. Like that feels yeah. like that comes a little earlier than it comes in the series. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong there. Mm-hmm. Did did they change the design of of Unit Zero Zero? I believe so. Yeah, they it's just like it's all of the all of the Evas are are slightly redesigned. But 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 specifically Ray's unit, it's like a different color, right? It's like mm-hmm. gold in this, and it was it was blue in the series. Yeah. Well, she but starts it, with a yellow one and then gets a blue one. Okay, but does that happen in the series too? No yellow. No, I mean in the series she does. Oh, she does. In the series she does. Oh, I don't okay. Remember. Yeah. Oh, then never mind. I I they redesigned the Evas to sell more toys. Got it. Uh, I'm lo- I'm looking so at. I'm just misremembering. I gotta get some of these toys. Um, I'm looking at the Eva Geeks uh, Eva Wiki, and mm-hmm. I just happened to like my eye just sort of caught this. There's a differences section 
between uh, it's uh, differences between Evangelion uh, 1.0 or one you know 1.11 uh, and Neon Genesis Evangelion, and it does make a note to be like Ray's nipples are now visible in the scene that Shinji sees her getting out of the shower. <laughs> cool man, yeah. Write that sentence on the on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like. It's true. I mean, like, it's not a false statement. Yeah, and but it's just under to be like. Yeah. What am I doing? You're like, uh, I better. But you know what? We can't fault the reporter for reporting, can we? It's true. Yes. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to say. I. I I don't I don't know I, I'm I'm at a loss. Like we we can't I I yeah. feel weird going through the movie beat by beat when we've already done that for the show. Yeah. No, I don't think we need to do this for this particular one. No, I think it's it's more of a conversation. And I think I want to I want to let you off the hook a little bit, Heather, because I feel like there is a discernible difference between um like the way that Star Wars people or something dislike new Star Wars because it's not their Star Wars and how you might dislike elements of the Evangelion rebuilds because for whatever reason, I don't think, because I think, and this is a compliment. I think your brain is better than the other version. <laughs> like, I think you have probably a good reason for disliking parts of it or, you know, uh, elements of it because you're also you know a good writer and a good storyteller so i think there's maybe things in it that you maybe brush up against because of those reasons too rather than being like it's not my eva and if it is not your eva i don't i don't know i think it's allowed i i uh, going into the third movie i was like fuck yes let's go yeah and then at the end of the fourth movie, I was like, hmm, mm-mm. And enough of the Evangelion blogs and analysis that I had been following for a long time just go dark after the, after the fourth movie is released that I feel like it's not an exclusive experience mm. to be like, Hmm. But also, you know, no spoilers. That is the goal of the fourth movie, is to get people to walk away from Evangelion. So, of course, after I watched the fourth movie, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to watch all of Gundam now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to watch all of these. I, I, yeah. uh, also, one thing that I think we should mention is in Doritos. Terms of Doritos are in this. <laughs> God, very excited to see Frito Lay products. I, and uh, anytime I see a Dorito, it's that Coke Zero thing where I'm like, "Fuck, I yeah, want a I Dorito want so bad." Yeah, give me, give me, the, give me some of that. Yeah. But I, what I was going to bring up is, is in terms of of you know front loading information. One thing we get introduced to much earlier than happens in the series is Kaoru. Kaoru, um, yes. Kaoru, who shows up at the end of the you know this the end of the film on the moon um and is with the lilith right or is is that lilith or is that just another just some giant fucking thing uh, yeah. a unidentified white mass 
on the moon yes. wearing yes. the purple seven-eyed mask and Kauru's like, oh man, the, the third kid hasn't changed and I look forward to meeting him again. And you're like, what? Well, I love a cliffhanger that just makes you go, what? Yeah, I don't, I, I like how he's introduced in the series again. I don't know, you know, there, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure they had, they had, you know, there's, this is purposeful, clearly, introducing him this much earlier and this, and kind of cryptically. But I, I don't, what was your reaction, I guess, to seeing uh, this, Heather? Like, was this like a, like, like a, woo, here we go sort of thing? Or, well, well I think that one of the uh, things, that doesn't work about the series is that I do think Cowder should have been there for the entire show. Mm, and I think that if he, if he had, like if I, if I had <laughs> the fucking ego, I'm about to speak with, if I'd written Evangelion, I think you're in good um, company. The, <laughs> the people that I made this. made Cowder <laughs> one of the kids from the beginning. So that that betrayal, so you build a friendship over the course of the entire series. So that betrayal is more intense and also the question of whether or not to eliminate Kaoru is it, it would be elevated by a, a tw- like a 20 episode relationship like mm. yeah and i think and i think that it also would have given like if you're an angel who has come to earth in order to learn more about people why why not be there for longer than a day like you could have teased out so much more of uh shinji's vulnerabilities like you could also potentially catalyze him into being more like his dad by that mm. betrayal and that loss which would then um crystallize the motivations in the film or the final two episodes but i think that because that relationship is so truncated when i saw kaoru show up at the end of the first movie i was like yeah i agree with this i can't i i cannot wait for the two of them to be friends for hopefully the next three films before that reveal happens um which is not what happened (laughs) interesting yeah i like i like that little scene because you know it's 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 the only thing in the movie really that wasn't there before right yeah and is your first hint that it's gonna be different probably like not in a really like overt way but there is something to it where like the first time I saw this, I was like, okay, that's that feels different in a way that I don't understand yet. And it that it, you know it comes it comes to light in the way that it does, and we'll we'll see it, uh, we'll see it soon. Look, I'm all for seeing weird shit on the moon, so yeah, I'm I, I'm not enough stuff on the moon really. Yeah, more moon more moon content, please, please. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. I mean, I, I'll just say get set for lots of special treats coming up next time, okay? <laughs> I'd like to conclude with, uh, with a 2007 Atlantic, uh, uh, Atlantic.com uh, magazine article about 
Evangelion in Hideakiano. It concludes, um, <clears throat> Anno understands the Japanese national attraction to characters like Rei as the product of a stunted imaginative landscape born of Japan's defeat in the Second World War. Quote, Japan lost the war to the Americans, he explains, seeming interested in his own words for the first time during our interview. Since that time, the education we received is not one that creates adults. Even for us, people in their 40s, and for the generation older than me in their 50s and 60s, there's no reasonable model of what an adult should be like. <clears throat> he pauses for a moment and gives a dark-browed stare out the window. I don't see any adults in Japan, he says. The fact that you see salaryman reading manga and pornography on the trains and being unafraid, unafraid, unashamed or anything is something you wouldn't have seen 30 years ago with people who grew up under a different system of government. They would have been far too embarrassed to open a book of cartoons or filthy pictures on a train. But that's what we have now in Japan. <laughs> we are a country of children. <laughs> Can you imagine? First off, as a as a human being surrounded by toys in my own fucking office, yeah, sure. okay, I yeah. get it. But I don't think it has to do with the war. I think it has everything to do with. I think it has everything to do with the intense marketing of things to children that started in the eighties and nineties. Yes, so much of the the you know it's like we're, we're going to build up a nostalgic attract. Uh, an attraction, attachment to a brand in childhood that is going to hopefully follow you your entire it, life. It, That's it, McDonald's entire philosophy. I mean, in, in America, advertising was deregulated in some way that allowed for those things to, to constantly bombard kids. So, of course, you'd be like, as an adult, you'd be like, when my brain was formed, I was being told this toy will make you happy. So, of course, I still have it on a fucking shelf behind me. Right. And you know what? It works. It works. It I works. love looking at I I have Evangelion models on on my shelf. And Mary once said, "Why do you like those?" And mm -hmm. I went, "Eva?" And she goes, "No, no. Not I understand why you like the show. It's not for me, but I understand it. But why do you like those?" And I was like, "Cuz it reminds me of the of the show." And I once in a while I'll like stare off into the distance and I'll see them on the shelf and I'll be like, oh right, Evangelion. That's a good thing to think about. And that's why I have these action figures on my shelves. I am I am a country of children. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we'll talk about Evangelion either 2.0 or 2.22, depending on which version you you're watching. Two point you can not advance. Uh, as we continue the rebuild of Evangelion series, quadrilogy, tetralogy? What's the actual term? Quadrilogy is not a real term. Uh, we, we continue the, the that this uh, these, these this quartet of films um, here on Get Animated. Tetralogy. Tetralogy. Yeah. There you go. And hey, guys, you got animated. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to meet you guys. Uh, all right. I see what you did. 